It's time for Knox Talk, a behind-the-scenes look at the business side of college sports. Featuring Paul Sickman from Knox Sports and Brandon Parks from the Vol Network. Now for today's show. Welcome to another edition of Knox Talk. Today is Tuesday, the 18th of July, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Brandon Parks from the University of Tennessee. Hello, Mr. Parks. Hey, Paul Sickman, how are things in Tampa? Uh, things are great. I mean, the uh, the world has vacationed as everyone is tan and rested, and, and we head into the final push to get our numbers before we head into the fall. So we have about a month and a half to go scramble and make some money. Yes, the time and urgency is here. This is a fun time of year. Uh, the countdown to kickoff is on. July 4th has come and gone. Uh, and uh, for us sports marketers in, in college sports, this is an important time of year. It is. And I want to talk about one of the key ingredients to getting to that number. Um, and that is uh, the smaller sponsor. Uh, everyone loves the six or even seven figure deals. Uh, that's what uh, that's what kills it for us. But most of those are kind of curated and and uh, and developed, uh, you know, from the beginning of last season all the way till now, we've been working on those big deals. And now sometimes we spend a lot of time focusing on those smaller deals because in college towns and in the college world, many schools are in small towns. And, and those small towns uh, mean that a quarter to a third of their revenue could come from a smaller sponsorship. And so today I want to talk about how to keep them happy. Keeping them happy and it's important. Um, and, and I think there's a lot to unwrap here, uh, but as a lot of us work at public institutions uh, and, and you want to have offerings within your marketing portfolio where smaller companies have the opportunity to, to participate and be able to support their local school, it's important. Yeah. You know, and for, for the longest time, um, we have traditionally used the, the official souvenir program uh, as an entry point piece where where anyone uh, doing business in the community could have an opportunity to participate even at the at the smaller level. But this it's it's very important that we have all of these partners. It uh, you're right. It takes the six figures and the seven figures, and those obviously can move the needle significantly for you. Uh, but for all of us to achieve the goals that we want to, we also have to have the smaller guys because when you start to add all of those guys up, you know, it, it, it's a big number towards your, towards your ultimate goal. It is. And, and the first thing to understand um, about a small partner in a college town <clears throat> is that they are probably spending a disproportionate amount of their budget on your deal. Uh, they might have 40000 in marketing to spend for the entire year uh, in advertising funds, and they decide to spend 20000 with you. So when you have half their budget, it, it A has to really work or their business is going to suffer. And B, they're probably going to be crawling up your butt every day to make sure it works because it is half their money. And that's where the statement uh, you heard many, many times, the smaller the dollar, the louder the holler, that comes in because it's, it, is, it is a disproportionate amount of, amount of their money. So to me, in order to ensure that a small sponsor is going to renew, you have to have, you have to kind of diagnose why they did it. Why did they engage in that partnership? And it's not just because you're very good looking, Brandon. It's probably because they had a goal and they had to probably achieve that goal with your partnership. So if they said yes, 
it becomes much easier to get a renewal if you can then go backwards and say, how do I go back and achieve that? Yes. So what I did today, Brandon, is I kind of broke out and I know it's really simple, but I broke out in, in kind of three categories why a small sponsor might say yes to a college and uh, doing a deal. And then I want to unpack all three of those and let we'll give some examples and talk about them. So it, it's an oversimplification. Again, this is very, very simple. And I know it's more nuanced than this, but there's kind of, I broke it down into three categories as to why a small business would want to do a deal. Number one, the easiest one is to drive traffic and drive business. They just want people to come into their place of business and spend more money. That's the, that's number one. The second one is to use the school to entertain in a way to bring them business, okay? So in entertainment. And the third one uh, is simply, uh, they might just be a big enough fan, they wanna elevate, they wanna use that relationship to elevate their brand. So I wanna unpack all three of those, Brandon, and we'll talk about some examples and, and, some, and some ways that this worked for you. Uh, but in the first one, um, traffic driving. Traffic driving is key. Uh, and, and in a lot of instances, the some of the, the smaller sponsorships that we have are more what I'd, I would say retail driven, mm -hmm. whether that's whether that's shopping for apparel or merchandise or that's or that's frequenting a restaurant or a QSR. So much of that is about traffic driving uh, and, and it's the critical key. Now, I will say it does feel like a lot of the smaller sponsorships as a whole, usually the owner of the company there is a passion play here. There's an affinity play here because they they are from the local town. They love the local school. Um, and, and I will tell you as a marketer, we have to embrace the passion that they have, but then we also have to, to show an ROI return on their investment. Um, and, and they'll ride that, that wave of, of positive momentum with you. Uh, and then they'll also ride that wave of negative momentum. And then that may be the first guy you hear after a bad loss on Saturday. That's the first one you hear from. Right. <laughs> be that smaller one, uh, which, which can be challenging. Um, but traffic driving can be key. And, you know, over the years, we, we have, we've come up with partnership after partnership after partnership that was built around traffic driving. Um, and probably the most successful one that I've had um, with Texas Roadhouse, they have 14 restaurants in the East Tennessee market. And for 10 plus years, they had always appeared on our parking pass. Uh, so there were physical parking passes that were printed uh, for all home games. Texas Roadhouse would receive the, the front of, of the logo visibility on the front of the pass. And then they had a traffic driving free appetizer coupon on the back. So as a season ticket holder, you would have seven of those passes hanging out in your car. Um, and, and then you could redeem those at the restaurant. Uh, annually speaking, those passes were worth about $350,000 of incremental sales for Texas Roadhouse. That's amazing. Yeah, that, and we've had him on in one of our earlier podcasts. So if you haven't heard that, go back to uh, season one where Brandon uh, had the Texas Roadhouse rep on the show with us and, and talked about how he loves being with the University of Tennessee. And that's not just because he loves the University of Tennessee. That's because Brandon's um, parking pass program was freaking awesome. So, and that's, but that's a great example, Brandon, of, of, of a traffic driver that works. But I think one of the things that's great about that one is that you have a constant check-in. You have seven opportunities to, to make it work. And I think that's what I wrote down in terms of a key here 
is that oftentimes in today's world, the deal gets done and then you check in, you know, at the end of the season, how'd we do, which is that the small sponsor is a disaster for them. So the way to work with a small partner is constant, aggressive, proactive check-ins on whatever that offer is, because the reality is, is that you may need to tweak. And unfortunately, the smaller sponsor, you probably have to tweak a lot because you got to figure out what exactly is going to be the trigger for them. And if you talk to them and you're proactive with them throughout the course of whatever that season is, and you can make some small tweaks with them, chances are that kind of activity is going to get you a renewal because they know you're working hard on it. And, and so two things I wrote down here, number one is constant proactivity um, with a small sponsor. The other one is take them out of your big sports because they can't afford it and they can't, they can't be a big player. You know, it, it focus on female sports, focus on Olympic sports, focus where they can be a big fish in a, in a smaller pond where you can make an impact because, you know, we've had clients, you know, chicken salad chick was one we had here that we focus entirely on female sports with an offer um, that triggered uh, in all of the female sports across the board. This is, we've had clients, uh, like we had a restaurant uh, a while ago where they had one restaurant in like eight different college towns one. So they had $8,000 to $10,000 a year, period. They probably had 20 in their whole budget. We took half of it, spent it with the deal with the deal in Olympic sports, baseball, uh, gymnastics, etc., and killed it because we just kept finding the right offer and then making sure that that offer in that season drove enough traffic to pay for the deal. Yeah. And there's a couple things about using those other sports. One, there is so much emphasis that's placed around football and basketball. And there's so much messaging that all of us are trying to communicate through football and basketball. It's easy to get lost as a smaller partner, but if you can, if you can tap into Olympic sports, uh, baseball, softball, et cetera, um, then you got an opportunity to, to sort of separate yourself and have something unique that's distinct and recognizable. And I think that works. And then also, a lot of times our, our, our baseball, softball, Olympic sports, they are supported much more by a local audience yeah, versus football, which, which I'll tell you, we've got fans driving in from all over the place in the Southeast. Um, so it's over, it's overkill for a local sponsor. It is, it is. They, they look at our football stadium. Well, there, there may be only 60% of the audience is living in the Knoxville DMA. And we've got 40% that are traveling in. But right. if I go to baseball, I'm going to tell you it's 90% plus that is my local Knoxville DMA audience. And that way you can, you can say, Hey, if we're using your dollars effectively. Yeah. And, and I think it, going back to, to kind of hammer at home, what is the number that makes a difference and pays for the deal? So if they're trying to sell shoes, how many pair of shoes they need to sell? If they're selling pizzas, how many pizzas, how many people, and if you can unlock them, if they can tell you, be open and honest with you about what is success, then you don't mind bonusing because if they say, hey, I, I need 5,000 people during the course of these six months to walk into my place of business and I can attribute it to you. And you're at 2,000 and you're two thirds of the way, to change it up. Do what you have to do. Change the offer. 
do some different. And that's why sometimes you have to bonus local people more than you feel uh, that you ever would with a million dollar sponsor or a half million dollar sponsor or $200,000 sponsor. You got to, but the answer is you are their whole budget. You have to keep reminding yeah. yourself. You are the reason they are going to succeed or fail because you got half their budget. You got two thirds of their budget. So if you can figure out, Hey, this is what success looks like. And then back into that success. And then you figure it out. Once you unlock it, people will not stop using that. They will come back and over and over again to your example, you gave right up the top, Brandon. Once yeah, you figure out the right offer, it'll, it'll take off. It, it's, it's really fascinating. So, some companies or some businesses are more transparent than others. And I, I've sort of never understood that. I think from, from their perspective, if they can be honest with us and give us, give us specific goals to achieve around the partnership, then I have a lot better chance of being successful if I have targets that I'm trying to hit. Right. Um, but on the, on the flip side, if things are going really, really well, sometimes partners won't tell you how well it's going in the fear of you're going to come in and increase the price of the partnership. And, and I've seen that happen before. But if, if you do get into a, a local partnership where you have full transparency and they realize you're an extension of their marketing staff and you're treated as such, then it gives you a lot better chance to be successful. And like you said, tweak on things as you move through the season. Yep. Yep. And that's just, that's just reality. I mean, and, and we really pound our clients to tell us what success looks like because it is impossible to make it to, you know, to go through the year and to not, because we're going to be proactive as an agency. We're going to just, we're going to talk to the school over and over and over again to try to make sure how we're doing, whether it's weekly or bi-monthly or whatever it is to try to get to that goal. And you're right, Brandon, if we have a client out there that's so afraid of a, of an advanced renewal uh, that they won't tell you whether they had success or not, uh, it, that's just not a great partner. That is a one-way street and that, that the one-way streets don't work out well. So, okay, now go to, going on from that one um, and they get kind of easier as they go for us, uh, but there are a bunch of clients out there that, that need entertainment. Um, they need to bring in this company or that company um, into a big deal um, uh, and, and show them a great time. And that one uh, entertainment vehicle might be the difference between them making money and losing money for the year because they brought in this customer or that customer. And so again, it doesn't change for us. We have to know that goal. We know we have to know that at this particular game, they are bringing in a, a massive customer for them. And if we know that, then we have to then be conscious of the fact that this is not a million dollar client that has 25 entertainment opportunities. This is their one shot. And so as a local client, we need to understand that that shot needs to be a home run and we need to take personal interest um, as, uh, as the entity to make sure that, that that worked. And that might mean some bonus so that, that that day their brand appears to be a little bigger than it normally would be. It might be that we spend more time with them. It might be that we give them extra things, that one extra uh, you know, uh, jacket or shirt or signed football or time um, or exposure to something, all of those things might make the difference for that customer uh, in saying yes to your client uh, and ultimately um, delivering. Yeah, and, and this is the one thing that, that you're right. We do work hard for a very short amount of time for this one-time experience, but this is where we let the pageantry and passion of our product take over. And if we can get if we can get a client with either one of their clients or a prospect to campus for a game day and an SEC football weekend, 
then we let all the things that are so unique about our game day take control of that. And, and you're right, if you can sprinkle in a couple of unique, exclusive, experiential things and come up with that experience that their customer can't get anywhere else, and then we treat them accordingly, um, you know, one, it makes them look really good in front of their in front of their client or their prospect that they have this kind of access. Um, but then two, um, chances are they're going to be able to pick up a piece of business that's probably going to keep the renewal in place for years and years to come, or at least you hope so. That's right. Um, so one we, of the things we, we, we did here, Brandon, I don't know if you've done this at all, but we especially it's hard for small clients to justify some of the amazing things that you were able to do for million dollar clients, et cetera. So one of the things that we have suggested for our smaller clients here is doing things at non-traditional times. That might mean asking to do a practice environment or getting to meet the athletic director on a Tuesday when that person's in town. So you have lunch, you do a tour of the facility, and then maybe you get a pop-in with the AD or you get a pop-in with a coach. And, and those things are easier for us to manipulate and execute than game day, which is just a chocolate mess in terms of trying to get everybody all the things you want to get them to. Yeah, I was going to say, we have almost extended game day to where we use Friday because there's so much activity on campus. We'll use Friday as an opportunity to, to take a client and their customer on a private tour of the football stadium on Friday morning while all the preparation is ongoing. And so there's some unique things that happen here um, you know, if I can walk them through while they're painting the checkerboards in the end zone, that's a big deal. Or if I take them through the locker room while they're hanging the helmets and that sort of thing. But we're doing it more in a time that works for us on a Friday versus trying to come back on a Saturday and be able to squeeze all that in. Um, and and it and it has worked. Um, but you're but you're but you're exactly right. Our time, there is value placed in our time and. We can't do this for tons and tons of local partners. So we've got to be very strategic on the ones that we do execute on um, and, and then do a good job once we get the opportunity. But if you can spread the, some of those things out to occur during the week, uh, then that that sort of releases some of the pressure that we face on game days. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, and again, uh, that's where what is the trigger point for that ultimate customer? If they're uh, if you find out that they're a baseball fan, uh, then taking them to the head coach's office in football season is not a terrible idea, right? Because right. that baseball coach is not high stress. He might spend 45 minutes with you. Um, and, and so that's, boy, communication and proactivity is so huge. You know, what does that person like, want, desire, and then figure out a way to make it work with your time uh, that makes sense. So uh, finally, in brand elevation, you know, this, again, it seems easy, but, but it's, it's, it's really a twofold deal. Um, the easiest solution uh, is to is to set up a survey uh, at the beginning of your partnership when no one knows that brand, uh, then find out when the height of that brand is going to be hitting for your company. If it's <clears throat> if it's like you know the the month of December is when the promotion is going on, then wait till late December and do another survey, uh, and then share with the client that 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 double-edged survey where they had nobody who knew they who they were and then at the end of December you're able to show them the same you know survey with however many respondents so that, that's a great task for interns uh of how to do it and, and so that's the that's the first um solution there we've had a lot of um 
small companies here that they, you know, this is before the NIL world where they needed just to appear big. You know, they just need to appear bigger than they were. You know, we had a, we had a limo company that wanted to be known as the place where all the players took, uh, use their services or the coaches use their services or the front office staff use their services. And so that was, again, this is years and years ago. Um, we've had small orthopedic companies that can't compete with the big boys. And I know this is an exclusive area for a lot of schools, but we have a lot of small orthopedic companies that they use their doctors to do some online radio executions where they talk about um, how they've treated certain players or certain coaches or certain administrators. And, and so you've got to find a way to use the assets you have that are uh, in your toolbox uh, to help those small companies appear bigger than they are, and then ask them again proactively how their business is changing. Because this is the toughest one, because this is the one where someone buys a sign and hopes it works, right? This is someone who right. buys a radio ad and hopes it works. Uh, so uh, this is a hard one. This is a hard one to evaluate, but it makes it even harder for us to determine success. So you've got to constantly ask them what success looks like. Yeah, and locally speaking, couple things one one of the things we always talk about for the local businesses is how do we create a distinct and recognizable association with your brand and ours with the athletics brand um, and that, that's vitally important and a lot of times from a local standpoint they're looking for an advantage in the marketplace and if they can do something with us that their competition can't or if they can come up with a promotion with us that their competition hasn't thought about uh, that can be distinct and recognizable, then then you can achieve that goal. But then secondly, we have a lot of uh, local companies that that like the association of being in the same partner mix as the larger companies. They look up to those companies, a lot of brand name type regional and national companies. And if if they can be in the same LED presentation inside of our football stadium as some of these national companies, then you're right. There's an elevation to, to what their brand looks like up against those other brands. Um, and, and I think that plays into it as well. Um, but back to your point in the very beginning, they're giving us or they're investing with us in a lot of instances, 50% or more of their annual budget. So it has to work. There are, there there are no mulligans there. It has to work because when it comes to renewal time, if we can't show results, that money is so important to them, they'll have to go spend it somewhere else. Now, Brandon, just Ken, before we wrap up, I want to ask you that. So you have a company, a local company that comes to you, and because they don't know what they're doing, they, 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 their eyes are, are huge. And they say, I want to be in the football stadium. I want to have an LED in the football stadium, or I want to have a big sign in basketball or baseball or whatever it is you have to consciously talk them out of it, right? Because you might be able, that might be a rate card and it might be easy and it's lovely to think, hey, we're done, but they ain't coming back. No, no. And you can, you've been in the business long enough. I've been in the business long enough. You can see those coming and those are one year wonders and then they're done. And the unfortunate part is that does not do any of us any good because right. we are looking for long-term partners. And you're right, we have to talk them out of that one glowing asset and talk about strategically where their money can be invested across the board to create the frequency that's gonna be needed to drive results. Because it, it's gotta be more than just a, a brand play. It's gotta be an activated sponsorship. And you're right, it's easy for us to go in 
and say, we'll put your brand up on the wall inside the football stadium down at field level, and it's going to look great on television. But in the local instance, this is all about activating and driving results. And if we're going to do that, then we've got to tap into all the other things in our toolbox that are more traffic driving, that are more results driven. Yeah, and it is. It, it, it's a it's a hard temptation. It's probably a new seller problem. You know, hey, I made a sale. You know, and then they come back, and the new seller th- shows you what they just did. They sold a sign, and you're like, great, that's fifteen thousand dollars that we are not getting back next year. You know, and, right. and and so you have to almost in season bonus them other things so that you can show some return because the reality will will hit. That client will be sitting there halfway through baseball season and realizing that their business hasn't changed one iota. Other than a couple of people who walked in and said, I saw your sign. And, and you hope that that's the volume is so high <laughs> that they actually yeah. decide to come back. But the reality is they probably won't. So kind of wrap up here. The key to all this is proactivity. You, you've got to know what that local client wants. They've got to tell you what they want or you can't get it. Uh, and, and so and then once you figure out what they want, you got to be you can't wait till the end of football season to find out if they got it. You can't wait till the end of baseball season to find out if they got it. You got to be in there in the middle of gymnastics season and say, what happened here? How are we doing? Please let me know how I can do better so that they can, they can give you a chance to renew. Because if they do renew, it did make a huge deal in their, in their business because you impacted their company and you can do it pretty easily. You know, that's the one thing about small sponsors is that goodness, if you hit it, you hit it and they realize it and their store is full and they're happy and they come back. And all of a sudden you get those renewals become as easy uh, as they could be because you're making a difference. Uh, Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, and then you also look at that small investment, although it may be small on an annual basis, if you can go prove results, then the chances that you can have them around for five or 10 years, that that likelihood goes up greatly. And then you look at something like a $20,000 investment over a 10 year period. Well, they they've spent a couple hundred thousand dollars with you uh, in that course of time. And that's dollars that you're not having to chase on an annual basis out in the marketplace to replace or to find a new partner. And we talk about it all the time. It's so much easier to renew a current partner than it is to go and onboard a new one. That is, that is absolutely true. So folks, that, that's our, uh, our small sponsor uh, spotlight today. Uh, thank you guys all for listening and downloading. We will see you again in two weeks. Uh, at that point, we will be a month before football season is ready to go. So on behalf of Brandon Parks, my name is Paul Sickman. I'm with Knox Sports, and we thank you again for listening to Knox Talk. Goodbye, everyone.